Hi, I'm Keenan, and I'm Rachel, and we are here this week for part two of a series that we're very excited to continue, considering that at the time of the release of this episode will be the premiere of Hamilton the musical on Disney Plus, and we are joined by very special guests, Tom, Michelle, Hyperion, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Wow. So welcome. That, awesome. <laughs> that may be the best intro we've ever received ever. on one of these. Ever, yes. Thank you, guys. It's so great to be on part of our... I, we can't do that. We can't I come know. Podcast. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, guys. Great yeah, to be with you. Awesome. Yes. So for, for our listeners who are tuning into this episode and wondering what I mean about part two, uh, last week... Rachel and I were guests on Tom and Michelle's show, Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and they do a fantastic show. So if you are not familiar, go listen to not just that episode, but all of their episodes. Um, But what we did with them was we did a kind of dive into Hamilton the Musical, sort of a beginner's guide of what to expect if you aren't super familiar with the musical, certainly if you've never seen it, to prepare for what is now Disney property, Hamilton the Musical, Uh, They are releasing a live recording of the original Broadway cast on Disney Plus on Friday, July 3rd. So um, Hyperion Adventures, part of a world podcast, we are all super fans. And you can find out just how much and why if you go listen to their episode. So we won't get into that today. But being the fans that we are, we we decided to do a cross-collaboration of uh, being on each other's shows. Yeah, and which we were going to do all in one. We we're going to record both parts at one time, but it's probably for the best that we didn't because there are so many, so much to talk about. Like we could talk about this for hours and hours and there's so many different pieces to this and layers. So yeah. Yeah. And tonight, this episode, I don't know why I said tonight, it's the middle of the day, but um, <laughs> for this episode, we're going to be doing a much deeper dive um, that will not be spoiler free like Hyperion Adventures show was. And it's going to be getting into just some of the complexities of the, sh- of the show. What makes it special? Um, you know, why is it this tone multi Tony award winning show? Um, and it's more for people who have seen it, um, who kind of know what we're talking about. Cause we, again, we are going to be talking spoilers. So if you have not seen it, please come back after you've watch the Disney Plus version of the show. Um, But it's more just going to be kind of like to get more out of the show if you've already seen it. And certainly you can listen if you haven't seen the show. We are the the story is based on history. So there are things that people will know without ever seeing the musical. Um, But yeah, we'll be talking themes, characterization, uh, motifs that appear, why it's historically relevant, why it's relevant in modern times and so on and so forth. But I thought we would start by kind of revisiting a little bit of what we talked about when we were on your show, Tom and Michelle, and that is kind of our love for Hamilton. So I wanted to just open this up by asking you guys, when you discovered this musical, what what drew you in? What captivated you? What kind of kept you coming back? What how, How did you fall in love with it so 
Uh, great question. Um, you know, I just think the uniqueness of how it looked and how it sounded, you knew that it was going to be a different experience than anything that you've seen before. I mean, we, we do love to go uh, to see plays, especially musicals. And this one just instantaneously, like from one song was so captivating that it's like, oh my gosh, this is this is phenomenal. I mean, you heard about the name and that it was, you know, based on rap and hip hop, but really seeing it and seeing that there are a lot more depths to the songs are not all just one genre. Really, it just like I said, it is like, oh my gosh, that looks so amazing. Got to see it. Yeah. So as we touched a little bit on our show, when you came on our show, uh, we do have a subscription, like Michelle mentioned, to uh, the touring companies that come through San Diego, where we live. Uh, so we go to musicals regularly, and we found out Hamilton was coming. We're like, wow, you know, we hear great things about Hamilton. This is exciting. Looking forward to seeing that. Uh, we've seen a little piece of it on the Tonys, which we also talked about on our show earlier. Um, you know, and we we saw, I think we watched on the Grammys when they won the Grammy right. or whatever as well, you know, which was really cool because they did that like right in the middle of a performance. They gave them the Grammy in the middle of a performance uh, on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we heard these things, but we didn't really know much about it. Uh, Michelle was in Florida and I was flying back. So I downloaded the, the entire soundtrack. I'm like, well, we should kind of find out what it's all about. Right. And I was sitting there on the plane just listening to it and realizing this is really, really good, that we're going to enjoy this. So, you know, we got together, we started listening to it. And then the more we listened to it, the more we realized how much depth there is to it, how every time you listen or many times when you listened, you would pick up new things that you didn't put together. And there's just so much nuance in it. And it's just so fascinating. And it basically is, you know, if you listen to the soundtrack, almost like an audible book for right. the actual <laughs> for the actual play because it, the whole story is almost all laid out there for you so it, we just kind of adapted to us. Then we got to see it live right. and we're amazed by it. Uh, it wasn't the original cast like we're going to get to see here on Disney yeah. Plus, you know, unfortunately. But they were very talented. It was still a wonderful show. And we were just, from the first viewing of it, completely hooked. And, you know, we've been back three more times to see it. We just we just love it to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like what you said about just they're always, you can always find something new. And you just always discuss, like even now listening to it, I'm like, <gasps> you know, like, you know, this whole thing or this parallel or right. that rhyme scheme there. Like, how beautiful is that? But um, I was actually just watching this on Instagram. It was um, Renee um, Elise Goldsberry. She just posted something just about her with uh, the other two Skylar sisters and how like they would talk about like they you know they're performing the show eight times a week like for however long and then like they would uh like they would describe the moments when they would like turn to each other when they like learned something new about the show or discovered something new it's like even wow there's just that many layers to it they're like you know it's like it's amazing how you can still do that so and when you i agree that's that's what oh go ahead uh, when you see it live, even it, you pick up more things because yes, you get so much off of the soundtrack. There's so many layers, but within the choreography, within uh, the stage presentation, the right. lighting, and everything else, there they throw in all these other layers that you pick up as well. I can't wait to see it on Disney Plus because I think we're going to pick up a ton more things that we couldn't see from our seats way back in the back <laughs> of the theater when we actually Definitely. saw these things live. Yeah, so really cool. Yeah, and we're not going to re- even really get into that in this episode at all it's more so about 
what you can get just from listening mm-hmm. to, right. like you said, you're listening to the show. So for those of you who aren't aware, um, and maybe you have heard Hamilton and you haven't seen it, what you've listened to on Spotify or <laughs> YouTube is the show. There's only one song missing from the original Broadway recording that's in the actual show. Um, however, to your point, there's a lot going on on stage. So I can't wait to, even though we we have seen the play live a couple times, um, may or may not have seen the original cast and somebody holding a camcorder in the audience. <laughs> Plead the fifth on that. But um, I can't wait to see this. About this high quality production with like close-ups and you know, they're going to have just the right angles, the right shots to really tell the story in a completely deeper way. So um, I know for us, I don't know about you guys, but we're going to do kind of like a bonus episode. I don't know what to call it, but we're going to, we're going to do kind of a review of what we thought of the Disney plus premiere. So yeah, I was, I watched a, zoom thing that they had i saw on facebook of hamilton and like it was of helpless oh, and yeah. you know they're like, you know zoomed in on philip with sue and i'm like i'm like an ulterior eye but just like the, it's not just the her singing the song which is like it's already so emotive and wonderfully produced and all those things and just a great song but then like seeing her act it out and like just those expressions and seeing those right. close-ups that we're going to be able to see on disney plus i'm just like oh my gosh i'm so excited just to see the original cast which i love so much and like those close-ups and those emotions and not just little snippets here and there on facebook right. or whatever right well i will i will say you know kind of what we're talking about as far as the complexities of the show how every time you listen you're learning something new um, I mean, for for starters, as an English teacher who's had the privilege of teaching this show, it's it's awesome because even teaching it, you know, when you teach something, you you learn it better than before. But I'm constantly like, I'd even be in the moment in the classroom with students, like, oh, and this is an allusion to this other thing, and they're like, oh, what's he getting all jazzed up about? Yeah. But nerdy. But that is kind of the the purpose of this episode is we're going to kind of nerd out, nerd out. (laughs) We're not going to be able to get super, super deep because this would be a six hour episode minimum. Right. But we are going to be able to kind of peel back some of those layers of that onion to to understand the show better. So this is for those of you who want to get more out of repeated viewings of Hamilton. Um, And I want to play real quick just a clip from um, Black Thought and Questlove, who are in The Roots, uh, from the PBS documentary uh, Hamilton's America, I think is what it's called, um, which is great if you haven't seen that. So uh, let's hear from them. What immediately drew me in to Hamilton was this was someone who was an MC in his own right. Sometimes in hip-hop we say real recognize real. So um, I could recognize immediately that, that Lynn was a, a real one and that this was a, a real story. There's double and triple meanings and, and layers upon layers. I mean, I've had to see Hamilton eight or nine times to get references that I didn't get the first eight times that I saw it. So first of all, I can't imagine seeing the original Broadway cast eight <laughs> or nine times. That would be incredible. <laughs> oh, right. Um, <laughs> But a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this, but a lot of people, they hear about Hamilton and they say, oh, it's a hip hop musical. That's what makes it unique. And they're not wrong. Uh, That is one of the unique aspects of it. Um, But it's way more than that. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about tonight is is what makes it special. And I got one more clip I want to play. This is from a historian who um, kind of just 
lays out a little bit of what makes it so remarkable today. I have more than once compared Lynn to Shakespeare, and I do it without blushing or apologizing. Lynn in Hamilton is doing exactly what Shakespeare did in his history plays. He's taking the voice of the common people, elevating it to poetry, in Shakespeare's case, iambic pentameter, in Lynn's case, rap, rhyme, hip hop, R&B, and by elevating it to poetry, ennobling the people themselves. He is bringing out what is noble about the common tongue. And that is something that nobody has done as effectively as Lynn since Shakespeare. Yeah, I said it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I incorrectly said he was a historian. He's a theater director. But um, that this is going to be our first topic for tonight, which is the language and the complexity of the language and kind of Again, he's talking about he takes the language of, of common people and elevates it, which is exactly what Shakespeare did. Um, so the entire play is written in what's called verse, and that just means the entire play is musical. There's not really spoken lines. Like, I guess there kind of are, but even those have a cadence to them. They've got right, a rhythm right. there's and one, a meter. one Alexander soliloquy where I think there's no music played to it, but it is still kind of in a metering way. Mm-hmm. Uh, near the very end, as a matter of fact, when he's trying to make the decision on whether he's going to shoot back at Burr or not. Uh, but other than that, it's almost entirely, yes, in verse, right. like you were saying, Kieran. Yeah, I, I think I think even that soliloquy is in, it has a meter to it. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, still in verse, very Shakespearean, uh, that final speech of his. Um but yeah, it's rich with metaphors. It's got tons of allusions. There's, again, on the topic of Shakespeare, there's even allusion to Macbeth um, a couple times, actually. Um, but there's just tons of wordplay. There's just poetic acrobatics, kind of like what I like right. to call it. Just um, uh, t- like playing with words, like doing things with them, making words rhyme that shouldn't necessarily rhyme, all sorts of that stuff. And a lot of that you're going to get from good hip hop. You're going to get that, right. that kind of poetic wordplay. Um but it's not something that we've really seen in musicals before. So I kind of just want to talk about that. What are some things that stood out to you guys as far as like just amazing lyrical wordplay? Just the rhyming, you know, like, and not just like we think of of typical poetry um, where it rhymes at the end of the sentence and, you know, with the next sentence, et cetera. This is like, four, five, six words in a row that all rhyme together. And it's like, wow, that is just so creative. And yet you you immediately get the image they're talking about. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, some of the, the ways they rhymed, I, my, one of my favorite things is when they rhymed burr with burr. Um, very <laughs> often. Even, even, even Lynn has said how much he liked to rhyme burr. That was like one of his favorite things throughout the day. Um, as far as some of the things you're talking about here, I'm like, one, I'll, I'll take right off the beginning when in the uh, original, the first song, Alexander Hamilton, near the end of it. Um, there are some things that are said there that are just involved, as, as a matter of fact, the characters that play dual roles within it, saying things like, you know, we have, uh, we fought with him for Lafayette and Jefferson, who also play uh, Mulligan and Madison, you know, we fought with him, as in we fought on his side, and also when they're opposed to him, we fought against him, we fought with him within, you know, these cabinet battles and stuff, right. stuff like that. I died for him. Uh, John guy plays John Lawrence right. and he plays Philip Hamilton both die within this, you know, within this musical. Um, I loved him, 
you know, talking about Eliza Hamilton, right. of course, his wife, right. Angelica. There's always the did they or didn't they right. with those two. And then mm-hmm. uh, Peggy, who is also Mariah Reynolds, right. who, of course, is the big scandal involved within this music. So it's so just that mute, that wordplay right within that first song. And there's many, many other mm-hmm. um, instances of it. But that one right there was one of the ones that called mm-hmm. out to me right away. We fought with him. Me. I died for him. Me, I trusted him. Me, I loved him. And me, I'm the damn fool that shot him. I like that example because it is right in the beginning, but you're not going to catch it if you haven't mm-hmm. seen the right. play before. It's you, it's you have to know the characters and the the fact that they play different a- or actors who play different characters in the second act. And yeah, they intentionally did that so that they line up. It's pretty incredible. Right. Um, I was thinking with yours, Michelle, too, that the rhyming is is impressive. But one thing I think really blows me away is, like you said, it's rhyme after rhyme after rhyme. Right. But it's not just like, I don't know, a lot of bad music. I, who was I complaining about the other day? I think it was Nicki Minaj or something. But I was just like, <laughs> she just ends the sentence with the same word each time. And right. that's a rhyme. Right. Like, that's not impressive. No. But he will rhyme like within the phrase, at the end of the phrase, right. moving into the next one. And here's an example. This is from um, Helpless. One week later, I'm writing a letter nightly. Now my life gets better every letter that you write me. Laughing at my sister because she wants to form a harem. I'm just saying, if you really love me, you would share them. And so you could hear that and be like, oh, letter, letter, but you've right. got better and my and life. Like there's right. just even that. That I sound, um, nightly and me, also with weak. And so it's, I don't know. It, you can listen to it and be like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. And I know a lot of people that don't like Hamilton. They just don't think it's good music. But I don't think that you can, even reading the lyrics, I don't think that you, if you like really studied right. the lyrics that, that are included in this, you could step away going, you could say, I don't like that style. I'm not really into it. But to argue that it's not completely brilliant, I think you just, you don't know enough. I think because once you do know how complex it is, it, it really comes across as brilliance of, of a very high degree. And so kind of a side point, I'm excited that Lin-Manuel Miranda has future projects yeah. with Disney because mm-hmm. I think some of the stuff that we're going to get from him is just going to be amazing. Right. Yeah, I was thinking of the lyric from my shot where the I'm past patiently waiting, I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action's an act of creation. Like, if there's so much like the assonance and the alliteration in there. It's just like, mm-hmm. you listen to it, yeah, you're just kind of like, oh, wow, he's rapping fast or something. But it's, but it it hits on a deeper level. I think we aren't even, a, you, take, you have to take the time to really appreciate it just and there's so much of that all right. throughout the musical. Or how how he'll yeah, use no offense, the same. Honey, but you didn't do it justice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? So, well, I said like because you'd read it out, but if you listen to it, it's like I'm past patiently waiting, I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action to act the creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow. For the first time, I'm thinking past tomorrow. Well, even how he uses the same it. word to mean multiple things, too. Like in Yorktown, uh-huh. where he's saying, you know, he's got to get back because my allies is expecting me. Not only that, my allies is expecting. Then I remember my allies is expecting me. Not only that, my allies is expecting. You know, that talking about he, mm-hmm. he, she wants him home, but she's also pregnant, you know, and just yeah. the 
play on words is just so impressive. Yeah, or in um, You'll Be Back when, you know, um, King George talks about subjects. He used subjects oh, in, yes. in like three or four different mm-hmm. ways right within that song, <laughs> how you can use, you know, if you wanted to look up the meaning of subject within a dictionary <laughs> or whatever, it's used like three or four ways right back to back to back there. right it's just it's fascinating stuff and i want to go back Keenan, a little bit to what you're talking about some people don't think it's maybe the best music and obviously it was released as an album of a musical album that's how we learned about right. it first but it's not that's not what it's it's not meant to just be a music it's not meant to be just a song that's played on the radio it's meant to show what's happening on stage you know so of course there's some things that are going to be involved with it that if you don't know the play if you don't know what's behind it if you just listen to one single song you don't listen to the entire thing you're not going to understand it you're not going to get the other layers to this the depth that's involved with it and uh you can you may be able to pick up some simple nuance but you really kind of need to watch and listen to the whole thing to really pick it all up yeah totally agree it took me like just listening to it and rachel being like check out this hip-hop musical was not enough um it took (laughs) like a song that really showcased the story for me to go wow this is something else um Another another very punny song is My Shot. And they use the word shot in so many different ways, you know, throwing away their shot at the opportunity to turn this the tide of revolutionary war, shot as in like this t- chance to rise up out of their ranks as like immigrants right. and, you know, make a name for themselves, um, not blowing their cover. Um, but then there's one that I didn't catch until I saw a recording of the show, which is they're also at a bar taking right. shots right. as the they record it. So right. there's yeah. even yeah, so there's even visual puns. It's just so good. Yeah, I like when there's the interview. I think it's on Hamilton's America when he's like, "It's gonna be something like something to them shooty 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 shot." Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> so he so, knew yeah, he, he had, knew like, he wanted that yeah. in there. Yeah, That's he knew awesome. he wanted shot to make a few things. He's like, and then right. they'll take shot. <laughs> yeah so good yeah totally. um so i think this is from the pbs documentary as well there's i've seen a few documentaries um there's another really good one actually that this might come from um but alex lackamore am i pronouncing his last name right yeah that's right yeah um he's the musical director mm-hmm. for the show and it just does an incredible job he I think he came up with this term. I'm, I could be wrong, but Lynn now uses it all the time. This this term all skate. And the general concept is like, think back to like your roller skating parties back in the day. And you've got your couple skate and the moonlighting skate and the backwards skate and <laughs> the kids only skate. And this is everybody out on the floor all at the same time. And I think one of the amazing things that Lynn does with this show is every Every character has like a style, every um, every theme, uh, every par- part of the story, the plot has its own kind of musical line. It's very John right. Williams-y, you mm-hmm. know, for, for Star Wars fans out there, how every character kind of has their own um, tune. Well, in the All Skate, you get it all and you get to hear all of those and they're kind of overlapping um, and you get kind of little tidbits and inklings of characters come in and out of songs and stuff but we were talking about on your show and i think this showcases it no better than any other song in the show about the act one closer nonstop, Mm -hmm. and how it is you know from a story standpoint it's it kind of captures everything but also from a musical we're talking about the talent of what it takes 
you know, to get the most out of the show. Right. Um, that song kind of stands apart from the rest as far as layering um, all these different meanings, themes, motifs, etc., into the show. Mm-hmm. So I bring that up because what I want to talk about next is exactly those themes and motifs that mm-hmm. kind of show up time and time again uh, throughout the show. So we intro this show very sillily. Is that a word? Sillily. <laughs> In a very silly manner. Um, singing Tom and Michelle's names, but we stole that from Hamilton. Um, and that's because when certain characters say other characters' names, um, they they kind of have their own distinct way to say it. Uh, you've got the way... Burr says Alexander versus the way Eliza might say Alexander. Um, and so there's there's motifs like that where they're kind of minor. There's also, but it's, you know, still fun. There's musical motifs. So, Michelle, you, you brought up earlier just the, the, the opening of the show and how it kind of grabs you. Right. Well, that is used frequently throughout the show to signal right. that exposition is about to happen and so we're, we're going to get a time and a place and kind of get reoriented to the story right um so there's musical motifs like that there's lyrical motifs how does a bastard orphan son of a and it kind of right. changes depending on the song but when we hear that what do we know we know that it's burr right narrating <laughs> and he doesn't like alex and he's going to say some stuff and then talk some crap about Alexander <laughs> Hamilton, who, who he eventually is compelled to shoot right, right. um so motifs, kind of these recurring musical and lyrical things that don't, they don't hold a lot of weight, but they, they add up over time. Um, and then you've got themes, which I don't want to, you know, demean our audience but by defining themes, but I'm just, it's the English teacher in me where... Do tell. <laughs> themes are like, themes are like something that the art is trying to teach us or that we're trying to get out of it. And you can kind of, especially like with Shakespeare, you can kind of put your own themes in and maybe guess what he was trying to say. Other times right. authors will come out and say, actually, the moon in this play represented his hunger for um, money or whatever. And right. they'll tell you the symbolism and the theme and all that stuff. Um, but the play is rich with themes. There's minor themes, um, such as the world will never be the same. Um, and it has this kind of meaning about the Revolutionary War, right. but it's not something that gets deeper than that or is repeated a ton. Um, but what I want to talk about is these major themes, the the themes that kind of show up throughout the entire play and hold a lot of weight where they mean something either for the characters, uh, for the plot or for the audience or all of the above. So I don't know if you guys had any in mind in particular that, that you wanted to talk about. Well, I think, well, Michelle, no, you go first. Legacy is kind of the, one of the biggest things that plays out throughout it. Legacy. What is a Legacy. Um, both Burr and Hamilton throughout the, the musical are trying to secure their legacy one way or the other. Hamilton's trying to gain that legacy. He was a, a bastard orphan, son of a, born in the Caribbean. He came from nowhere <laughs> and is trying to make himself into something. So he's trying to build this legacy. Meanwhile, Burr was born to people who were wealthy, you know, uh, affluent. They had, you know, they they uh, were 
intellectuals. Right. Um, and, you know, they died. He was left an orphan as well. But he's always trying to kind of protect the Burr name for most of it. That's why he likes to sit back and wait for it. He doesn't want to do anything that's going to, you know, really uh, hurt, harm his legacy. And that it plays out um, throughout the entire musical in one trying to gain legacy and one trying to protect it. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Right. No, I totally would agree on that, that they're, you know, how they both feel and how they both feel the other one's approach is wrong and critical of both of their other, you know, their opponents on how they're doing it. You know, I mean, you know, Burr starts really early in the play saying, you know, keep your mouth shut kind of thing. And, and that is totally not Hamilton. Hamilton's a writer and he's into communicating and he wants to get his thoughts out there and he wants to gain support for that through his communication. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) I, when we're talking about legacy, I always think of Eliza's line in Burn where she's just like you and your words, wait, yeah, obsessed with your legacy. It just, it, and it, kind of consumes him he's like i have to make my a name for myself i have you know with however that is going to look right. and it kind of like just builds and builds and builds and builds and you have hurricane mm-hmm. where he talks about right. more of just like more of that well i guess that was in the the previous song before burn but and then when it comes down to it you know in that last seems like what is a legacy you know and then right. it he just kind of ex. What's the word? Exposites. Oh. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah. You could say yeah, it. It's a he word. He does that. Just, <laughs> it's a word. Um, you know, just like draws out what is that meaning? And like, you know, and it kind of comes down to like what legacy is he about to leave here? Yeah. And and we've mentioned that scene a couple times. And what we're talking about is, um, what is it? Penultimate song where the they have the duel, Hamilton versus Burr. And the gunshot goes off. And I know we brought this up on the Hyperion Adventures podcast where there's an actual actor on stage Uh playing the bullet. Well, in that moment, time slows down. And you can tell because the bullet goes slower towards Alexander. And he it's kind of like the whole your life flashes before your eyes thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it is important that he starts with legacy. What is a legacy? And did did I did I complete my mission of having this legacy? And it's it's weird because he does create a legacy, but also it's pursuit of legacy that leads to his downfall. So right. that's a good, that's definitely a deep, a deep theme. It is deep. And um, I think going off of that, it there's the then like who lives, who dies, who tells you sto- mm-hmm, your story, right. like who is going to be the one to tell of your legacy after you are gone. You don't have control over that. So right. it's like you can only control what sort of legacy you're leaving behind. But as far as like how that is presented to other people who tells your story, well, that's, you have no control. Yeah. I also love the meta aspect of, of that theme. I was going to talk about that too. The whole, like we're living a story who lives, who dies, who tells your story. But, um, you know, it comes up repeatedly. And then also in burn, she's like, you built me palaces out of paragraphs. Oh, that's my favorite built, line. Yeah. One of my favorite lines. You built, in that cathedrals. Whole. you built me palaces out of paragraphs. And she's talking about his letters, but I also think that there's this element of like Lynn from an artist standpoint talking about the power of words and kind of you can build your legacy with words 
and in a way he kind of mirrors what Hamilton was trying to do and hopefully not in a self-destructive way, but um, that you could just, yeah, you could go on and on about like the meanings of that. But I personally love that theme. That might, I don't think it's the most important one, but I think that might be my favorite just as someone who writes, although I haven't actually written in forever, <laughs> but um, get on it that I know, but that idea that our life is a story worth being told and mm, right who in the end when we're gone like who who tells our story and it's like are we telling it do we do we leave a legacy where other people tell that story it's just it's very meaningful i actually had a student um break down crying um in the final song when eliza's talking about like being able to carry on his legacy right right well even washington brings up the topic of legacy you know kind of as the voice of reason for Alexander Hamilton and and trying to tell him that, you know, what you think is going, you're trying to write your story, but it might not turn out that way mm-hmm. as history evolves and how he's had experiences, like even at the beginning where he's saying, everybody's writing home how great I am and we're losing and I need help. And it's just kind of that, you know, what what you think your legacy is is probably not going to be exactly what ends up being your legacy. So do your best in whatever, where your talents are. And it's, you know, it's also especially true in this and the fact that if you think about Alexander Hamilton, most people would say, tell you before this musical ever existed that, oh yeah, I've, I know of Alexander Hamilton. Um, he's on money, I think. Um, but you, they probably right. couldn't pinpoint exactly what he's done unless you've actually studied a, a lot of history. You probably wouldn't know. Well, you know the so, stock market. <laughs> Well, I, I, did, I didn't know that much about it, really, to be honest right. with you, other than I know we've been to Washington, D.C., and I've seen his right. statue there, but I don't know much about his story. And, you know, he's kind of like the lost founding father, or he was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes, he went to work to build this legacy, but it kind of, you know, got lost in the shuffle somewhere. Because, you know, even though we found out Eliza was working to kind of get that out there, and Angelica as well right. with him, with her to kind of get his legacy out there to people, it still kind of got lost in the shuffle shuffle right. um, and it took Lynn finding Ron Chernow's book and you know figuring out that he could put some things together for it to kind of for it to reemerge. I mean Alexander Hamilton was about to be pulled off the $10 bill right um, it was really close to happening and <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will say and they kept him on there basically because of this musical right. of, um, people realizing who he was again yeah, I, I I do remember vaguely in history class learning about the Federalist Papers, but mm-hmm. what I didn't know was that Hamilton wrote yeah. the other fifty-one. 51. <laughs> so good, I know. so mad about it too. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I know you want to talk about other themes, but I just want to talk about <laughs> Burr's Burr's side of this, the legacy and right. who tells your story. Is that like? you know, from history class or whatever, like we kind of, you know, we know about Burr's that he shot Hamilton. Right. There was a duel. And so it's like... You and the could... milk commercial. <laughs> yeah. What? And the Got Milk commercial. Nope. Aaron oh, you don't remember that? Burr. It was the, the guy calling into the trivia show and he had a mouthful of cookies and they wanted to know who shot Alexander Hamilton and he's like, <laughs> and they can't understand him so he loses at the trivia show. Nope. It was Aaron Burr. <laughs> well, that... Too. I think I learned more about Aaron Burr shooting Alexander Hamilton <laughs> from, from that commercial than from history. Right. But anyway, sorry to yeah. sorry sorry to interrupt, Rachel. But you know, it's like we kind of think maybe he's this hasty guy and like that, you know, he's just gonna, 
you know, he's trick or happy or whatever, but right. it's like, really, he's, he's been waiting and he's kind of been not taking a stand on any right. issues up to this point. And it's like, it's that one moment in time where he, you know, he does something, but that's like, that's what we learn about. And that's a story we are told of him and not about, you know, the rest of his life where he was just waiting for right, it most right. of the time, most of his life. And yeah, yeah so. I love I love his line. Now I'm the villain in your history, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And 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 we talked about on your show, Tom and Michelle, that um, he wasn't like yeah, he took a stand up. Lynn dude. took some liberties, and <laughs> right. Amber was probably not <laughs> this admirable character. But I do love that they paint the quote unquote villain as um, having his own set of morals and ethics that guided his life, and those yes led to his downfall, but he wasn't wrong in the way that he approached things. Right. But he just had his ambitions took on a different form than Alexander's ambitions. Yeah. Yeah. Applying that to our own lives. It's like, sorry, just like how, you know, it can come down to, to a moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Not to like put pressure on your whole life or anything, (laughs) but um, you know, it's like we, we all have control who lives, who dies, who tells our story. It's like these choices that we make in the time that like make us who we are. Mm-hmm. So deep. Yeah. Right. And uh, basically Burr was, you know, pretty much a wait for it guy. Like we were just talking about his whole life, you know, but this one moment he just, you know, he flipped out and he went the other way. He got impulsive, which was always Alexander Hamilton's role within this, everything that he did. And he got impulsive and that is what now defines him. Uh, you know, even though he was vice president, you know, even right. though he did other things, um, he was a war hero. Um, but what does everybody know him at? He's the guy who shot Hamilton. Right. And, and that's because he, he, at that one moment flipped on what he had known, at least within this musical now as a real person, whatever within this musical, he flipped on what he had, <laughs> what he had known uh, for his and, and how he had reacted his entire life. Right. Right. Well, and you can see yeah. in it kind of how that happened though. You see his, how things are building, like, especially in, you know, in that mm-hmm. second act, how he is seeing Hamilton rise in, in a way that he feels like he deserves and that he's done what he felt was all the right strategies. And yet everything is getting highlighted to Hamilton. And so you can see that. And then where it starts to get where Hamilton's kind of pushing him out of his success uh, path, it then becomes part of this motivation is like, I'm done with you. Well, especially and well, not historically, but within the musical, they right. they are friends. I mean, he was his first friend that in the musical right. that Hamilton meets within the United States, and you know when it comes down to this election. And Hamilton picks the guy who he's been fighting with within the cabinet for right. so long and says, no, you know, I'd rather mm-hmm. you, you you should vote him in as president over Aaron Burr. Right. And I know that wasn't historically completely accurate, but that is the way it lays out within the musical. I mean, that's one more. I mean, how that how, that wouldn't be the last straw on the camel's back to right. kind of make you <laughs> snap a little bit. you know? <laughs> yeah. And that sort of did happen in history, but it wasn't the timeline isn't the same right, as right. what they did. I you know, and that the second act, things kind of spiral out of control pretty quickly and you know, they couldn't stretch it out the way things actually went down because they needed another like ten songs to do that probably. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. Uh, there is, I don't know if Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I was going to say, I don't know if you guys have seen the Comedy Central drunk history. Yeah. We were going to bring that up with you. We were going to bring it up <laughs> off, the, off the podcast. But yes, it's so good. <laughs> it's real good. But yeah, you can get a, a better understanding of the historical uh, animosity between these two well, guys. Well, right. through a drunk person's eyes. <laughs> you know I mean? So there may be some other liberties with the, with the, the actual storyline. That's true. There, well, the, the funny history. thing is... Yeah, but they get they get actual historians. And right, I yeah. in college, one of my roommates was a history major and a similar thing would happen. Like he would have too much to drink. And the next thing you know, we're getting a history lesson that's just so rich in detail, oh but gosh. also hilarious right. because <laughs> he's taking these liberties to tell how he really feels about yeah. the people in it. And, and it's so funny. So when that show first came out, I think it was on YouTube before it was on Comedy Central. I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is this yeah. is my buddy Mark like, in a nutshell. <laughs> Not, uh, down to the puking as well that's awesome <laughs> not a family friendly show for all you out there but it no. is an amazing it show is, it, it is, is. You'll and you be, learn a lot oh you learn a lot and you laugh a right. lot <laughs> it's yes. so funny the way they have the actors portray the way these completely slosh people are speaking throughout <laughs> it's so good right so creative that's real good yeah <laughs> uh we digress so yeah, yeah. um burr i i think that burr in, in in some ways, is the main character of the show. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's called Hamilton. Right. Um, but, yeah, he's the antagonist. But very rarely do you see the antagonist being as prominent mm-hmm. as Burr is in this. Like, it, we're very much seeing his story unfold. Um, it begins with Wait For It, which I, I'm going to argue is maybe the most important uh, recurring theme in the mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. Um, just because I think that when it gets to the climax of the play Bird doesn't wait for it he right. switches the lyrics to I'm the one who paid for it and you know kind of what you were saying earlier Rachel it's just that moment where he went against his principles and loses but it's a, it's a tragedy it's a Greek tragedy in a nutshell so of course everybody's going to die in the end he dies kind of metaphorically. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the the parallels between Burr and Alexander are pretty profound. Right. Where they kind of live these lives that they both have similar aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, they both do things kind of at the same time, such as going to law school, fighting in the war, becoming politicians, having children. Right. Um, and you've got Dear Theodosia, which is just, just this incredible mm-hmm. um, moving song about them loving their children you can kind of just it's it really brings humanity to burr sure well all of all of burr's songs bring him some humanity where it's just like yeah this guy he just wants the best for his family he does have these ambitions but he believes in being patient and good things come to those who wait and he's jealous insanely jealous of alexander whose kind of comparable theme is um i'm not going to throw away my shot and is very much like the way he his drive works is that he always goes for it. He doesn't wait for it, right? as Burr said. And so, yes, it's Alexander Hamilton's play, but you can very much also look at it as Burr's story as well. So right, it kind of brings me to the next uh, section, which is just about characterization. But Michelle, it sounds like you well, wanted I, to add to that. A couple things. I mean, um, let's see if I can remember them now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a squirrel. <laughs> Um, no, when you were talking about, um, you know, how the parallels of 
and both of them, as I mentioned before, kind of liked how the other style was, but just couldn't get that way. Um, one of the things I was just thinking of as we're talking, as you're talking about that, is that when Alexander finally does get command, and you know, when we're seeing the Battle of Yorktown, he's telling the way he commands is he's telling them, "Wait, we're going to all go in together. We don't want any stray shots." Where you know, and and it's very composed, which would be more like a move versus, oh, let's just attack, you know, <laughs> let's just go in there and get them. And th- that would be more of a Hamilton way. And so it, it, it's interesting to see that Hamilton did gain some insight of strategy of how to, how to handle something in a different way. There's also some various portions within the musical itself where you see Hamilton almost peeling back like Eliza really pleads with him to just, you know, it's okay. You can stay home with me. We just need to be a family. We're all right. right." And every once in a while, you start to see in Dear Theodosia right around that point is is one of those moments within the show where you start to see him like, oh, yeah, I could just be at home. We could just be a family. And then there's another instance that happens. And he's like, nope, I got to get back to my legacy. And he, he starts drawing driving again it's like she keeps begging him to stay and he keeps finding these other moments to push forward and right uh, and keep moving and trying to keep build this legacy it's really interesting on your topic of of burr as far as this 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 show is is as much about burr if not more than about hamilton i completely agree i've said it many times that you change two or three songs in this maybe add a song um, this easily could have been called Aaron Burr and not right. Alexander Hamilton. Right. Uh, Hamilton, this 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 play because it's so much revolved around him. Right. Yeah, I, I do wonder how much Lynn got from. We tried to get him on the show to to <laughs> talk to us about that. Keep trying. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think it's interesting that that um, in in that vein, and I'm assuming much of this is based on what he got from the biography. Hamilton has a shift at the end of the play that actually makes him more like Burr, makes him more cautious, makes right. him want to just stay at home with his family. And unfortunately, it's the death of his son. Right. Um, but those last few songs after Philip dies, you see kind of he's learned from his mistakes of pursuing ambition and right. being prideful. And he almost lost his marriage. He lost his ability. Uh, Ability to become president, mm-hmm. um, all these things fall through, and it's and it's his own fault, and so he kind of changes. And it's interesting that Burr then kind of flips and becomes more aggressive, goes right. on this political campaign, is going door to door. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going right. to befriend everyone, and I'm going to I'm going to go and take what I want. Um, and then in the end, even though they've kind of role reversed, they both they both suffer from. Right, choosing to switch. Like Alexander doesn't pull the trigger. He doesn't take a shot in the end and dies. And Burr does take a shot and pays for it with his honor and position and all that stuff. So again, very, very clever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, you were talking a little bit ago about it being a Greek tragedy, and I do agree with that completely. But I also, just to put it into the more modern generation, if if, for those of us who grew up in around the MTV VH1 uh, time period, I've often compared Hamilton to 
VH1's behind the music. Uh, it, like the storyline plays out like virtually every episode of behind the music where there's this band that's kind of struggling for a while. Suddenly they rock it to the top and then there's something that happens that kind of come, makes them come crashing down. If it's like Def Leppard, it's multiple things that happen. Right. But at the end, they, at near the end, they kind of have this little gain back into, you know, notoriety or whatever. Right. And then again, there's a the tragedy at the end. <laughs> and to me, that's like Hamilton plays out like almost every VH1 behind the music that I've ever seen. And I just thought it was kind of funny when I, when I, I think I was another one when I running and listening to it. Epiphanies. Right. <laughs> like, Wait so a funny. second. I know this pattern. Yeah. yeah. Very I've accurate. seen this. Uh, maybe Greek tragedies were the way that they are because they were just trying to capture human life. Right. You know? True. Yeah. Art, art imitates depressing. life. So. Right. What? so that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Was it nothing new under the sun? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun. Um, so yeah, I don't know where we're necessarily going with that, but um I, I think that the the interplay between Burr and Alexander is one of the show's most important um points. Right. Um but I do think it's interesting too that Lynn kind of gives every character their own spotlight in a mm-hmm. way. They kind of all get to tell their own story. Um, and one of the ways he does this is through musical styles. So I did want to play one more clip from that PBS Hamilton's America. And this is David Diggs who plays um, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. What Lynn was able to do is create different styles for each character. So George Washington raps in this very sort of metronomic way because that is similar to how he thinks. It's all right on beat. Um, you know, Lafayette has to figure it out. Lafayette is is rapping in a real, like, simple sort of like early '80s rap cadence at first, and then by the end is doing these crazy double and triple time things. Yeah, so there's there's some of that lyrical yeah. dexterity we talked about earlier. Um, but also, I love his point that every character kind of has their own style. And it's not just, well, we decided to give this character that style. It's right. intentional. Yeah, and it reveals, yeah, it reveals like who they are. Right. So Lafayette's is crazy. I love his mm-hmm. just once he starts talking about war and stuff, he gets all right. crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard I, 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 I something. English is getting better. Yeah. Right. By the end, it's like he, he's like some sort of, you know, uh, revolutionary superhero, at right. the end, which is great, <laughs> leaping off tables and everything. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. And then when he switches to Jefferson, he's all of a sudden, you know, what did I miss? The song that introduces Jefferson is this um, jazzy, like right. almost ragtime sort of, exactly. and it's slowed down. It's old fashioned. And it's like, right. He's oh, like, yeah, he's. He's, he's a different person now, and he's showing up late. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Singing about what well, did he miss, and he's, like you said, he's I, you not know, with I, it. I basically missed the late 80s, which, you know, we all know is that when kind of hip-hop right. and rap kind of picked up in the, you know, you're talking about the 1980s, not the 1780s, but, right. you know. So I never caught that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so basically he's already, you know, he's admitting like, yeah, that's why I'm doing this jazz style because that's what it was hip when I left and went to France. Uh, right. France. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I never caught that before. 
See? Yeah. You, everyone, you learned Maybe because I was born in the late 80s, so I was a child. I guess I missed it as well, in a way. Yeah. I, my, that might be an original thought of yours, Tom, but I, I think I did hear someone bring that up at some point, like someone from the cast bring that up. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Right. And it's just little nuances like that. But um, yeah, I didn't know if we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about, not necessarily styles, but uh, we absolutely can talk about different styles, but just the way that the characters are built, interplay between the characters or anything. Um, I know we've talked about Burr and Hamilton at length, but that just scratches the surface of Mm -hmm. the characters in this play and the enjoyment enrichment you're going to get out about learning more about them mm-hmm. right well we talked about also in our episode on george washington how yes he he plays the the father of our country mm-hmm. obviously but he also plays hamilton's surrogate father in many regards we also talked about it a little bit more in, in this episode how he's trying to teach hamilton lessons like you got to slow down a little bit history remember history has his eyes on you you know, you have no right. control who lives, who dies. He's always trying to teach him these lessons uh, throughout it, you know, even, you know, to the end when he's, you know, saying goodbye, like, it's okay, I can go and not have to be president anymore. Our country will keep moving on. You know, it's going to be fine. He's constantly teaching these lessons. I just find it, 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 you know, the fact that he, you know, is considered the father of our country and then also plays that role for Hamilton, I, I, I always find fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the other thing that um, I found very rich is, you know, and we, we've talked about in the music, how Lynn has used these symbolisms to relay, but even as the play is going on and, you know, as you're watching it, for example, we, t- you know, mentioned about the turntable that's on there and like that one scene where, you know, Hamilton is talking to his wife and his sister-in-law and it's like one is, is leaving off and one is coming in, you know, and, and how that, you know, really relays not just, you know, the movement of somebody off stage, but actually what's going on in their life, you know, and um, one of the things when we're watching the trailer, and they're doing the room where it happens that I don't think I'd notice again, sitting further back is how the lighting becomes around each of the performers, a square as if it was a room, a square room, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, reinforces the topic. And it's, you know, there's just so much going, not a lot going on stage, I guess, to say that it's, you know, making it more confusing, but very symbolic things going on stage throughout, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we talked like about the bullet. Well, that's, I, I wanted to bring that up a little bit because we brought the bullet up on our show a little bit and you brought it up just a little bit ago. And there's some really fascinating things with the bullet because the bullet um, is also part of the ensemble and shows up in many of appearances throughout this musical. Uh, and Grim Reaper. It is. It, the bullet is the Grim Reaper. The bullet <laughs> Um, every time they touch somebody, stand near somebody, that person, you know, they, they affect them too much. Many of them die right. um, in, in different aspects of this. Uh, one of the times you see him, they're shaking hands with John Lawrence in Yorktown. The next time we see John Lawrence, he's dead. Right. Um, you know, the, the bullet tells Philip Hamilton where uh, he can find George Eaker. 
you know, and that leads to that duel where Philip dies. dies. Right. Uh, <laughs> See, now I learned something new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's all, Didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, hands the pen, I think, to it's, uh, it's either Burr or Hamilton. I don't remember which one, but, but to write those letters that they start writing that lead up to the duel. There's all right. these instances, and I'm just touching, there's several of them. During uh, 10 Duel Command, it's always standing closest to Alexander throughout that stage. Right. All this designed by Andy Blankenbuehler, who the choreography is amazing, yes. you know, and Tommy Cale, of course, the director, who also directed this film, by the way. Um, you know, all this stuff that they set up that has nothing to do with necessarily the soundtrack, but just adds these interesting parts right. of it when you find out who the bullet is just keep an eye on where they are on stage at all times because there are fascinating things that happen around that i'm really excited to watch for that tomorrow oh my yeah. gosh yeah this is going to be a repeated viewing in our house for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah yeah First because day. it's like yeah <laughs> we talked about like all the things you pick up from repeated listenings i cannot imagine how much more we're going to pick up from repeated viewings right right but that's some excellent stuff about the bullet that i did not know so thanks for sharing oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's really nerdy it's so nerdy <laughs> but i love it i love it so much yeah that's why we're here yeah. right yeah we're, we're here to nerd out on hamilton so um as far i mean there's a lot of interplay i like between I think it's interesting, like like Hamilton with Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, and also James Madison and Thomas Jefferson together. Oh, right. like James <laughs> Madison's like his like trusty little sidekick kind of guys, right? Like, France, France, you know, just like kind of coming in. Like he couldn't like handle the situation when Thomas was gone, and so he comes in and kind of sort of saves the day. And <laughs> James, yeah, <laughs> Madison's like, yeah. <laughs> You know, but just the like, I mean, the cabinet battles and the mm, right, which you know is like the rap battles of back in the day and how they make it like that. Um, right, ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready for a cabinet meeting? Huh? The issue on the table. Secretary Hamilton's plan to assume state debt and establish a national bank. Secretary Jefferson, you have the floor, sir. Yeah, I love yeah. that they just they finally just hand the mics, about. you know, so they yeah. can even do the mic drop. And how the audience yeah, we is don't part of have, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We I was gonna say we don't even have time to get into, and I certainly don't have the knowledge to get into the um, allusions to rap music, like classical oh, rap music. Right. But there, uh, just go them. go on YouTube. Yeah, uh, YouTube's a great place to start. Where uh, p- plenty of people have picked apart. Just oh, this is this is reference to a Biggie song. This is reference to a Jay Z song. This is a Mob Deep song. Right. And um, if you are a classical rap fan, I mean, you don't you might not like Broadway musicals. I get that, but you will find enjoyment in this because Lin-Manuel Miranda grew up listening to that stuff right. and it's a huge influence on the show. But yeah, I didn't even, I don't even have that in our notes cause I'm not prepared to educate <laughs> anyone on classic rap, but, right. um, yeah. but there were some that I think I picked up on, you know, just based on my limited knowledge. Yeah, I mean, if you don't out. know, now, now you, you know, know Mr. President. President. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of little ones like that that are yeah. that are, are are references to 
actual hip hop and rap songs. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lynn is a, is a nerd for hip hop and rap. So he loves it, putting, adding all that stuff right. within it, it, whether it's directly like actual lines that were kind of used from songs or whether they're just kind of nuanced to right. be that same kind of rap style, whatever the case may be. And there were a couple that he wanted to put in there, but he couldn't get actually the, the, the rapper he was asking to, to do it from like, oh, I'm sorry, you, know, you can't use it, you know, which I'm surprised by. Right. Maybe now, they regret it. now they regret it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was a couple, he's like, I had to change that line because this rapper wouldn't let me use that right. line. So, you know, but uh, you know, mm. all the better. Some of them are dead. Did you know that uh, the Ten Dual Commandments actually comes from Biggie's Ten yeah. Right. Commandments? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a, one of the more obvious. Yeah. Which, ones, yeah. yeah, and and it, I love it because the Ten Dual Commandments. I mean, shows up three times in the show. Every time there's a duel, they go through the commandments right. and they kind of change it a little bit to fit the the current situation. So it's simultaneously an allusion to Biggie's song and a motif that repeats right. throughout the show not only that now we discovered this thing on youtube and we were going totally when we were totally going deep into <laughs> hamilton and it was someone breaking down uh on youtube 10 dual commandments and how it plays out in various other songs throughout hamilton like it's not yes it's it's in a every time there's a duel but it also breaks take out a break yeah it breaks out into yeah take a break and the the same lyrical style, the same music, the same it it's broken down in different ways, just changed slightly. But it's used in so many different portions without throughout the. It's really geeky, but if you it really is fun if you like learning about music at all and how this. It's another thing you could really take a deep dive and be nerdy into Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, is is go uh, listen to this this and I don't have the name of who did it right now, but if you just do a. Uh, a search on YouTube for 10 dual commandments. Yeah. You'll probably find it there and it'll, it'll explain it all. And it's really brilliant and interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. We we're, we're basically telling our listeners like, well, we could talk about this for hours, <gasps> but also just go watch the YouTube video on it. We'll do a much better job of, <laughs> I just, of, of I'm breaking a, things down. I don't know. I, I wish I understood music well enough to be able to break it down. You know, I could tell you, you know, some things about a difference between a major chord or a minor <laughs> chord. But other than that, I really can't uh, really delve that much into it. So these people that actually study music, or uh, uh, whatever the case may right. be, they can sign, break some of this stuff down and how intricate a lot of the music that was designed within Hamilton is. Yes. All right. Any other, any... Other comments on interplay, characterization, themes, motifs? Well, there we didn't talk yet about satisfied and mm -hmm. that would be enough. Yes. Well, have at it, Rachel. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's pretty deep because, well, so you have Eliza as, you know, that would be enough if you would just, if you would just be present and be with right. me that would be enough you know um whereas you know angelica's theme is i mean literal theme is right. satisfied that is the song that she sings but um but also alexander's and how he is never satisfied um and you know obviously the tension that puts then between him and eliza mm -hmm. but you also kind of burr again coming on the scene um you know a lot of him is sat satisfied a lot of the time right. And, um, you know, isn't pushing the boundary and isn't always trying to get more. So that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, 
I'm sorry. My favorite. Go. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go you, ahead. You. Well, I'm just. I was I just gonna say my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> do it. We're doing a little dance. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, I was just gonna say my my favorite um, instance of the satisfied that would be enough that Rachel's talking about is in it's quite uptown because Eliza always sings the that would be enough lines until Philip dies right. and Alexander is coming around to like what is satisfying in life and he's the one who says that would be enough mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. and i just love that you know and I, and I love how there's certain lines that are associated with certain characters but then another character says it and it takes on a completely new meaning exactly yeah or um it's still angelica that says it but when she's like god i hope you're satisfied it's like look what you have done right like, are you finally satisfied mm-hmm. yeah and well, he's not. <laughs> if you go into like nonstop where there's a portion of it where Alexander is saying, look around, look around, you know, and he's trying to tell Eliza, you know, I need to go and be part of this government because look around what's happening. And she fights him back with look around, look around. It's great that as we have right. things right now. You can stay here with us, you know, using kind of the same line against one another, which, uh, you know, it is fascinating. Right. Um, Alexander. I have to leave. Alexander. Look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Helpless. They are asking me to leave. Look around. Isn't this enough? He will never be satisfied. He will never be satisfied. Right. I get mad at Hamilton then because I'm like just throwing it back in her face. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) So rude. (laughs) The idea throw is yeah, like half the time you're like it should be enough to just kind of hang out or you don't need to keep running off all the time for right, Alexander. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, again, in um, Quiet Uptown, he says, look around. Mm-hmm. Right. Look, 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 what, look yeah. what we do have. So I don't know. I can't stress enough that um, he there's a full character arc and he does completely change by mm-hmm. the end of the play. It's just very short lived. It's like a couple songs and then bang. Right. He's dead, but that's part of what makes it so tragic. And his his mm-hmm. break in, during the reconciliation part of Quiet Uptown when they finally when when Eliza grabs his hand, it just ruins me. Every <laughs> single when when Hamilton breaks down at that moment, it ruins me every single yeah. time. I'm a I'm a blubbering mess. Not that I'm not a blubbering mess through most of the show, but that point right, right. there All it of just crushes two. me. Yeah. Right. It crushes me every single time because, you know, it's like he's just begging for her to come back and then she just takes his hand. And it's just, you know, Angelica sings it. Yeah. She takes his hand. Takes his and it's hand. just She takes his And that moment, you just see his face change, right? And you know, it just—it's—it's—I—I I find it amazing. It's—it's it's wonderful when you see it, and when you see that happen. I think it's many of your reactions will be probably similar. I don't know if you'll be as much of a mess as I am, but similar to mine. <laughs> I will be. It's touching. Tom. You can call me tomorrow if you need to talk about it. <laughs> probably will. Probably will. Like um, Keenan, <laughs> just a blubbering mess. Yeah. I just, uh, the genie <laughs> took his hand. You're not gonna take his hand. It's gonna be a voicemail of this one. <laughs> yeah. You'll know who it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like excited for it, but I don't feel like I'm emotionally prepared for mm. Act Two. I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna kill me again. Yeah. I know it can help you with that. Disney Dishes blog has released <laughs> three drinks now. And I don't know if there's more coming. There's but, two more coming. Um, 
Yes, so five <laughs> drinks, and you can... Have them all. <laughs> yes. Prepare and enjoy the show with a beverage, and right. that won't help your emotional state. I don't know why I'm, I'm I was going to say, that, I don't know what, depending on what kind of drunk right. you are, it's it could change. Worse. If you're a happy drunk, you're good. But if you're like, like drunk mm-hmm. history, then you'll like get kind of funny, like you'll be telling the yeah. story. <laughs> Who needs Lynn? Well, anyways, when you got Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, watch this part. (laughs) Wait for it. Yeah, I think I have to go out and buy some supplies so I can make that Manhattan. Yeah, right. that was a, that was a good one. That was really good, yeah. it's, and it's very. I thought it was so funny because it was to, totally fitting. I don't know if you saw my write up on it, but it's a, it's the Aaron Burr bun manhattan but you know it's the interesting yes. thing about it is it's it looks classy and it's a little you know it has some hints of sweetness to it kind of like burr but in the end the bitterness kind of comes through with the finish you know <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it was so yes. burr nice. so fitting that's perfect yes a very lin-manuel miranda-esque write-up using the pun on burr there i like yeah. it just wait for my uh America's just wait for it. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait for, for it. it. <laughs> uh, coming up, which will be the last yeah. one we'll drop actually on the day that Hamilton uh, debut is on Disney plus will be America's favorite fighting French martini. It is my favorite. One of my oh. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what will be in that one? It's a spoiler, Rachel. You, uh, you got to get people. You got to go to the blog, and you got to read it yourself. I'm just. Uh, no, I do love the Disney dishes blog. I cannot. I cannot promote it enough. Much. Okay. We've. We've made so many of those drink recipes. I think we've only done one food recipe, but love it. definitely love I it. So. <laughs> that makes it sound like luscious. But <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not so a, many of the drinks. We're not good cooks, but it. I'm like, hey, I can make a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I did used to be a bartender. so uh, Yeah, he did. Nice. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, no, I was just trying to figure out if it was like a gin martini, vodka martini. It's a vodka. It's a vodka martini. Okay, so I might like it. You might okay. like it. It's okay. It's rather sweet. I like gin just fine, but. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. little vodka, like sweet little champagne, little pineapple juice. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of our, good. We've it's actually been good. drinking that. It's like a, it's a it's a traditional Hamilton celebration drink we've right. had for a long time. So it's nice to break nice. it out for this as well. Yeah, yeah. There's some history to it. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's wrap up by talking about what is arguably the most important part of Hamilton. Obviously, I could go on and on about the genius of the music, the creativity, the lyrics, the way the characters are. That's a reason why I teach it. Um, But um, part of what makes it so important, I think part of why it won so many awards, is the way that he, and again, Shakespeare did this as well, but the way that he um, took historical events and retold a story in a modern way. It's not a modern setting, but right. a, a real historical event retold the story, but did it in a way that has modern relevance where the themes, um, the characters, mm-hmm. what they're standing for are all things that I think he's trying to make a statement about society today. Right. Um, so I, I just kind of wanted to end by talking about what, what we think we can draw out of this musical that is um, poignant to 21st century America. Mm-hmm. Oh, tough. A, I'm hitting you yeah, guys. We're ending yeah, with a tough question. I know. Tough and, there, and there's kind of a lot. So I guess one of them, when I think about like with the Federalist Papers, it's like, you know, what did we fight for um, 
it's not perfect, right? The constitution is not perfect. And I think that's what we're struggling with nowadays too. There is imperfections with law and how people are interpreting law and that, you know, they were trying to provide how they were going to solve it is writing all these papers, you know, but, but I do think that's one of the themes that things aren't, you can't make it perfect, but how can we recognize the imperfections and improve that we are going to come together? I love that. And I, and interestingly, like the, the bits about the Federalist Papers are never meant to say one side had it right and one side had it wrong. Even though we're right. focused on Hamilton, it's not like, you know, federal rights, Trump states' rights right. or whatever. Right. Um, but more so Washington's lines of, I want to warn against bipartisan fighting and we need to do what's best for America right. is something you can, I think, draw out of that. And it's not picking sides that's going to get you there, that it's, it's an actual you know, conversation and action that needs to take place to right. do what is best. So right. it's an excellent point. And I was, uh, I was going to expand just like you brought it up there, Keenan. I was going to expand on it a little bit as well is that I kind of think, uh, you know, we are as divided as we've ever been as a country mm-hmm. right now um, for, for all sorts of different reasons um, in, in starting right at the top politically, you know, and uh, see, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but my grandfather worked in the white house for, for many years. And he would tell me like, you know, back in the sixties when he was working in the white house, you know, one thing about it is that they could, you know, they could go onto the Congress floor and battle or in cabinet and battle it out. But at the end of the day, they could go meet in a Washington DC bar and sit down together and have a, you know, a cordial conversation. And I don't know if we can do that now. And so I want to go back like to the room where it happens, where yes, Hamilton and uh, Madison and Jefferson are, are fighting in this cabinet battle, whatever. But when it's all said and done, they could sit down together and, you know, come to a compromise. And, you know, really, I feel like our country is, is so far away from that right now in many mm-hmm. regards, which just it just needs to be so partisan on one side or the other when we what really this country needs is for us all to come together in one way shape or form right. so you know i i, I we think don't that need the duel we don't need to duel. yes exactly yes. <laughs> um, you know down to it you know i my grandfather you know would r- lament what was going on and this was gosh it's been what 10 almost 15 years now since he passed today. you know yeah today yeah today um you know he lamented to the end and how the government was already going at that point and it's like i said it's as far away from it and now as it's ever been so i just i just wish we could you know know that one it was happening back way back to with our founding fathers they didn't agree on everything right. but they found a way to make it work we need to we won't agree on everything but we need to find a way to make some of these things work to to function as a country, as a society right. mm-hmm. in general. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I said. think, yeah, I agree. Very well said. <laughs> but going with, um, you know, kind of like what George Washington says, like him being our founding father, it's like, I do think he gives us some lessons to take with us. Um, like history has its eyes on you mm-hmm. and, um, just different things that he says in um, one last time, you know, right. where it's like we do have a, a choice in, you know, how history plays out and we have a role in that. And um, yeah. 
um, and in the same vein as that history has its eyes on you, I, I do think, obviously it's intentional, but I do think it's meaningful that aside from the loyalist characters and King George, all roles are played by people of color, right. even though obviously the founding yeah. fathers were all white. Right. Uh, white white men. Um, and so there's, I think there's a lot going on there with that choice to kind of make this comparison to the modern day revolutionaries. And especially when you look at the year 2020, mm-hmm. um, are people of color fighting for a voice, fighting right. for equality, fighting, fighting for liberation. Right. Um, and I don't think the creators of the show obviously could look forward to, you know, five years or whatever it was and, and say, yeah, we're going to address this racial divide in our country in the year 2020. But those things were happening then. And I think that he made a very intentional choice. Like Mm -hmm. actually my revolutionaries are going to be, you know, people of color. They're going to be black and Latino and um, they're going to have a voice. And that's, it's a, it's a play that's very pro immigration Mm -hmm. Um, immigrants. We get the job done. Right. Um, It's pro women's rights. I love Angelica's line. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to compel him to include women in the sequel. Work. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Can't do it without the piece. (laughs) Yeah, women, women get the job done. Immigrants get the job done. uh, And... Yeah, and they're rebelling against these people that want to oppress them and take away their liberties. So right. right, and also showing that, and we talked a little bit about this on on our show. That yeah, I mean, these are the founding fathers. They are the people that kind of you know birthed this country, and we tend to uh, deify them in many regards mm-hmm. because of that. But obviously, you look back and, and you see they were not perfect people. Right. None of them were, and not nobody and, is. Yeah, except for Eliza. Right, right, Rachel. Eliza. Eliza. None of them were perfect people. They all had their issues. You know, yes, they did some great things for our country, but they also, many of them did horrific things. Both Jefferson and Washington were slave owners. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, that's about as bad as they owned people and treated them miserably in most regards. That's about as bad as it could be. So you kind of got to look at it and say, look, you know, these are these are they're they're full people. They're not just what you. They're not just statues. They're not just monuments. They're right. not just documents that are written. These are whole people, and you need to look back at them and understand that about them. Yeah, I uh, also from the PBS Hamilton's America. David Diggs, who plays Thomas Jefferson, has this awesome quote about like, you know, it, it, I think he was asked, you know, basically like, how is it to play this guy as a black man? You're playing right. a guy who who owns slaves. Um, and showing some of his heroics. And he's like, look, I think we just need to be able to look at these people and say they did great things and he sucks. Mm-hmm, right. Like we need to be able to say both. And right. I love that because that that is the reality of, of human existence right. is that nobody's perfect. And sure, we can, we can look at the good things that somebody like Thomas Jefferson has done, but we can also acknowledge how horrible of a person he was. Right. Like those those need to be able to coexist right. for us to move forward. Right. Yeah, and I think recognizing like, I don't know, what was okay back then and, you know, just kind of like that was the norm, but it's like we can recognize that, hey, that was not okay what they were doing and like improve upon right. those things exactly. going uh-huh. forward. Right. 
Yeah. And I hold love, a higher standard. Right. Yeah. I love that, like, you know, there are some references to, like, Thomas Jefferson's nastiness, like, mm-hmm. um, impregnating his slaves and stuff like that. There's, like, an in, there's like a quip in there somewhere. But the focus really is on, you know, there's lines on, like, John Lawrence that will never be free until we end slavery. Right. And it's, you know, a, it's an actor of color saying that, but the character he's representing was white, also mm-hmm. fighting to right. end slavery long before the Civil War. Um, so I love that that the focus is on lines like that rather than, you know, the negative stuff. Right, right, right. And even not, at the, this is not what the play is about. Right, right. Even at the end, as we're wrapping it all up and tell, Eliza's telling her story, she talks about how she, you know, took a lot of... Alexander's writings and move them forward to, you know, also write about abolishing slavery as well mm-hmm. herself, you know, so she kind of continued on his legacy in that regard. And John Lawrence, who right. was his best friend, um, you know, that they, you know, kind of were in that battle together, maybe some other things together, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> he kind of moves that a bit forward right. as well, you know, so it really, you know, it's good that there was that side of it. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just that, yes, they were Caucasian people, they were white people, but there were some that were against this thing that was going on mm-hmm. in our society at that time. Yeah. By the way, those letters Hamilton wrote to John Lawrence were quite steamy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always the did they or didn't they with Angelica. Well, there's also that with John Lawrence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I I just I love that that stuff is in the play, and it's not a central part of the plot again because most of it's um, theoretical. But Lynn made sure that those lines got in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think your pants. I think your pants look hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that was that was the Mulligan though. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's the Mulligan actually. See, but then he's a tailor's apprentice because he's a tailor. You know what? That makes sense now. But then he does say, "Lawrence, I like you a lot." Right after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. I thought it was to the same person. Yeah. It's hard to tell just listening, but he's like, once again, making a case for viewing it. Right. (laughs) It's good because Mulligan, like, as soon as he says it, he's like, all proud, puts his leg up, and he's like, yeah, look (laughs) at these pants. (laughs) Yeah. He made some nice pants. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Well, any final thoughts before we part ways here? I don't know. You know, I it it does it doesn't like fit into this right now. It maybe it, it probably would have fit more and you can edit this out. I will not feel offended, but um you know, when you talked earlier about the characters that that Lynn gave each character an opportunity to to have a voice and and share something about them in that song Rewind, I think really highlights Angelica's um personality. So one, I, th- I thought that was really uh, interesting that he let her be that, 
you know, and share that with, with the audience. But just the way he did it, I mean, you go from here, we're at a wedding, we're toasting, and all of a sudden, everything rewinds, you know, back to a scene that we'd just seen in the play, you know, and, and how many times have we been in, uh, you know, either watching, you know, a, a play or a TV show and thinking or a movie and saying, oh, I wish I could, oh, man, that scene before, that's what's important right now. And I don't remember all the details. And then now you get to see it analyzed from a different person's perspective. I thought that was just really a re- well-crafted cre- methodology of well, sharing it, her, her side of it. Yeah. And also just the fact in life, just you're like, oh, you know, thinking back. I mean, this is all happening at Eliza and Alexander's mm-hmm. wedding. And, you know, she's in the middle of the toast and she's thinking about it could have been me. Right. You know, and reliving that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think we all go through that, like, you know, looking back at, oh, if I had just done things something differently, maybe the outcome right. would have been different for me. Right. And uh, she's re- reliving yeah. that in that moment. And it's a, it's a, that is again, another Andy Blankenbuehler, Tommy Kale, right. the choreography to yes. make that all happen. That scene is just, it, it'll blow you away when you finally yeah, get to see it on Disney crazy. plus. And I'm so excited to see her perform it. Right. Like, right. Yes. People new to the musical too. I think have an advantage seeing that scene. Cause I probably had mm-hmm. to listen to those songs a few times before I realized, Oh, they're redoing. I'm like, why are they saying these same lines? Right. Over again? Exactly. You know, Oh, they're going back to when they met, mm-hmm. she's at the wedding toasting. I figured right. it out eventually, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, I figured Tombstone it Josh out from it, yeah. Disney. Yeah. I was going to say tombstone. Josh reached out to me. He's a uh, co-host of the Disneyoids podcast, mm-hmm. but you listening to your show and just had questions and I think he's excited to to watch it on Friday, but um he was like, Yeah, I'm just worried I'm not gonna be able to follow it. And it's it's like, no, they it's they do a pretty good job of even though it's just music, right, being able to track the story. Like the the rewind was probably the only thing that truly confused me the first time mm-hmm, I listened to mm-hmm. it. Well, I mean, you know, and we were just discussing this the other and we talked a, a little bit about it on our show. Um when the benefit you're going to get when watching it on Disney Plus is, you know, if you're going to see it on Broadway or a touring company or whatever, you're spending at least $100. If you're really, really lucky, uh, unless you get the lottery and you get the $10 ticket, right. $100 to go see this right. show, you know, probably up to 500 or more, maybe even thousands, depending on what you, where you're seating, right. uh, what you get. So, and then it, it goes by. So if you miss something, you can't go back and, and, figure it all out. Whereas, you know, on Disney plus, if you miss something, you know, just back it up and go for it again, (laughs) or put on the closed captioning or whatever, you will have that ability to, to check it out or rewatch it immediately. It's not, you you didn't spend $500 and that was it. It is laid out in front of me and I didn't get it. So if you don't get it right right away, if you don't get portions of it, at least with Disney plus, you'll, you'll be able to kind of check it out and, 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 Right. Understand. You'll be able to hit. You'll be able to rewind. Yes. Rewind. (laughs) We probably should have mentioned on your show that Theodosia is both Burr's wife and his daughter's name. Yes, I forgot that was another confusing thing. It's like, yeah, that took me a second to come to this world. What? (laughs) You know, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. He says you have your mother's name, but hey, (laughs) slow on the uptick sometimes. It's a lot of words. There's almost 24,000 words. It's a lot to take in. You can miss some things from time to time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I want to thank our listeners, and I'm assuming 
If you did not listen to part one before you continued this episode, you hit the pause button, went and listened to Hyperion Adventures podcast part one. But this has been an absolute blast talking Hamilton with you guys. Likewise. I think we all can agree it could have gone on for hours. I mean, when we finished, when we wrapped recording with you guys, we kept talking for, I don't know how long, but we were like, I don't know, let's just, let's save (laughs) it for the next time we record because it's just, um, you know, an awesome friendship that we have with you guys. And certainly the topic that we've been able to discuss is just a huge favorite of ours and yours. So yes, it's, it's been, been a, it's been a long time coming because right. we've been, we kind of discovered through listening to each other's like little mm-hmm. blips, like, Oh, Oh, they're Hamilton people. Right. Oh. <laughs> and so then just to finally be able to collaborate and, you know, deep dive and nerd out exactly. the way that we have been wanting to for so long has yeah. been awesome with you right. guys. Yeah, we completely agree. We've enjoyed talking with you. And we, as we always do, every time we, we've been on yeah. your show, you've been on our show, we have such a great time talking with you both and interacting on social media. But as soon as Lynn dropped the, you know, information that uh, Disney had signed to, to put out the Hamilton movie. Originally, we thought it was going to be not till October of next year, right. but they moved it up. But as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, we're going to get to do our Hamilton episodes <laughs> we really wanted to do. And I, you were the first people that I thought of as far as like, we need to bring them on. Okay, and- so I can attest to that because I found out the news first and I told him and he like as if it was attached to his hand the phone was there i'm sending a message to Keaton right now <laughs> i just told you something let's let's think about what i just told you <laughs> and i'm not exaggerating I'm it was instantaneous <laughs> i knew exactly who we needed to do these hamilton episodes with right away because i knew you guys loved it we talked about it how how keenan you had taught hamilton within the classroom right. so i knew you would have a lot of, you know, in-depth mm-hmm. uh, study within it. You'd probably know a lot of the, you know, being a, an English teacher, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that uh, we probably, you know, just being layman, and right. actually not speaking English very much good, um, <laughs> would have trouble with, you know, so we knew we needed to bring you on. But I, you're just also such great friends and we love yes. talking with you that I knew it would be an entertaining episode. Again, I thought we were going to have a year and a half to plan it, but when they <laughs> said it's coming on July 3rd, we were really excited and I'm like, we got to move this quickly and I'm, I'm right. glad we were able to work out the time to put these two episodes together for sure. Yeah. Well, yes. I tell you what, I got to Next time I teach this, I got a ton of stuff out of this episode that I'm now <laughs> going to be throwing back to my students. And I hope our listeners feel the same way because I think that uh, whether you know, you're know you new to it and you go back and listen to your part one or you just mm-hmm. love it and want to get more out of it and you're listening to this, I hope people really like enjoyed hearing stuff and, and learned some new things because right. I did and it was Yeah, super I learned enjoyable. some things too. So. Yeah. In this episode. I love little nuggets. If any, any of the listeners out there, if you pick up some stuff that we haven't brought up on the show, I mean, may, we may have known it and not brought it up, but but we may not have, as right. we obviously <laughs> both drop nuggets on each other that we had no idea of. Uh, please send us, uh, hit us up on social media or whatever and let us know because uh, we love finding out nerdy, geeky stuff about right. Hamilton. <laughs> yes. Yes. So on that note, 
tell people where they can do that, where they can reach out to you on social media. Perfect. Well, thank you. And again, uh, really thank you for one being on our show, but also having us on your show as well. And you can always find our show uh, pretty much everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, we have a great time with Keenan and Rachel out there and a lot of other shows and a lot of other uh, Disney fans and Hamilton fans for that. Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans, Marvel fans. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And we do release a lot of our episodes on YouTube now. You can always look us up on YouTube, Hyperion Adventures (laughs) Podcast. Just look that up. Uh, it'll come right up for you if you want to see our videos. Know when our new videos drop. Just hit subscribe and you'll be the first to find out. Well said. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to have some listeners that are listening because it's Hamilton and not Disney. But if you are Hamilton and a Disney fan, definitely be a subscriber to their podcast, a subscriber to the newsletter. Um, Tune in in the coming weeks to our show as well. And hopefully we will give you plenty of more enjoyable content. But if you're just here for the Hamilton stuff, we thank you for listening too. Mm -hmm. And... If you're a fan, one of the best things you can do to support um, either slash both of our shows is to leave a review on Apple Music. Really anywhere, but the Apple Music ones, I think, mm-hmm. go go a long way. So Definitely. Right. They definitely go a long yes. way. Or just tell friends about it. Just let, let them know. Hey, we we love Keenan and Rachel. They do a great show, right. part of our world podcast. You know, they tell two friends and they tell two <laughs> friends and so on and so on and so on. It's really the easiest way to do it. But reviews are appreciated too because then we get to know what kind of job we're doing. Right. Yeah. You tell enough friends and next thing you know, everyone's a part of our worlds. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on and reaching out, texting me immediately when they announced that this is coming to Disney Plus. This has been awesome. Um, but yeah. Yes. Thank you guys so much. It's been a an honor and a privilege Aww. to talk with you guys about this. Well, and thank it's super you. Enjoyable. Well, yes, yeah, it's definitely an honor for us, and we appreciate that you did come on our show, um, and that you actually, even after that, and still invited us to this episode. <laughs> so we appreciate it. All I, all I have to say is, we have the honor of being your obedient servants. H dot A dot I was thinking with our back and forth, we just needed to sign our names after. Oh no, and you. Oh no, and you. Right. Listeners are like, I, you guys clearly love each other. Like, just end the show, so. And yes, listeners, if you've made it this far, <laughs> thank you for being a part of our world. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week and being a part of our world. Please reach out to us on social media. We can be found at part of our world podcast on Instagram or Facebook and on Twitter at P-O-O-W podcast. You could also shoot us an email, part of a world podcast at gmail.com, or call into our voicemail, 614-392-8147. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, have a magical day. <laughs> Are you ready?
Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.